Welcome to the Midweek Social on All Villa, No Filler. This week's guest is the actor, Nigel Boyle. Nigel is an actor who you'll have seen in many TV shows. They include Peaky Blinders, Doctors, The Inbetweeners, and of course, as Ian Buckles, in the enormously popular line of duty. He's also a huge Aston Villa fan. So, Nigel, welcome to the All Villa, No Filler podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here. So, um, you know, we'll talk about your acting career in a bit, but first, let's talk Villa. Uh, you were at the West Ham game. What did yeah. you make of it? Uh, it was, um, I think we can do better, but we're a work in progress. I think uh, there's there's lots of scope for improvement, um, but we're doing better than, than we have been. I think we lost that game a few months ago. I think you'll probably agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um some of it's not pretty, but some of it is. And there's always, like, I'm I'm forever an optimist and, and there's always positives to take away from every game, I think. So some lo- little bright moments, um, but, you know, it was it was pretty stagnant for for long spells, I thought. Yeah, it was, uh, exactly as you say, I think it was the kind of game that a couple of months ago or even in recent years, you'd have just been like, Villa are going to lose this. And, you know, we've uh, lost, I think, five in a row to West Ham. So to yeah. finally end that hoodoo was quite nice. So it seems like Unai Emery, we managed to beat Man United at home. We win in our third kit and we don't lose to West Ham. So that's that's a pretty good start. Um, yeah. but you know, you're a regular uh, attendee at Villa Games. And so um, what have you made of Unai Emery so far? Um, well, it's it's we've got a proper statistician or tactician, I should say. Mm. Um, what he does... Um, I have heard he does look at stats a lot and and um, tries to work on that. I mean, you probably know that by his possession approach to the games. Um, and he's probably thinking that the more possession we have, the more likely we are to to get a result from the game. But I think um, I think there's going to be lots of um, good stuff to come from him. It's great mm. to have a, a proven uh, trophy winner um, in our corner. And I think it's. Uh, I think there's going to be good times for Villa. It's just, as I say, we're a work in progress. I think it's going to be a huge summer uh, mm. for the players in in both senses. I think some some people will be leaving, um, and I think we're going to get some some big players in. I think, um, and yeah, I think I think things are going well. I think I can see what he's trying to do. He's he's trying to consolidate it at the moment. We're playing very narrow, so we're difficult to beat. Mm. Um, it does leave us um, slightly vulnerable. Um, in terms of width, as we could see with um, Alex Moreno, he had a, a bit of a torrid time against um, Jared Bowen. Yeah, uh, it was tough one. Yeah. It was it was tough, but you could see what was happening. Everyone was 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 very playing very narrow, and Moreno was isolated. I thought yeah. maybe we could have got the ball out to him quicker, uh, yeah. but I'm not sure that's part of the game plan because as soon as you do that, you're on you're under pressure again. You're inviting the pressure. Whereas, I could see what they were doing. They were passing it about, gradually moving forward, gradually moving forward, and Toro Mings would pick out um, a suitable pass, I thought, and then that, that was us on the attack and we could get behind them. And I thought, I, I could see what the game plan was and it seems to work. It's just difficult to, you know, to get motivated and to get the crowd going when it's such a slow build-up. With yeah, it. It, it does feel a bit like the Villa Park crowd, particularly at home, we have to kind of get a bit more used to it, I think. Um, you can you can sometimes hear it in the audience. It's a bit... Get it forward quicker, but 
Yeah, know. and it's not good for the players, really. But, I mean, how do you stop that? You, you can yeah. tell. Um, I was talking to one of the players, actually, on uh, Monday night. I was at an event and uh, he said, yeah, I was like, what's all this playing out the back um, for? And he's, he said, well, look, the, you know, it's part of the, the game plan. We want to get forward, but, you know, we want to maintain possession as well. And I said, yeah, but the, the, the crowd don't seem to be on board with that. He said, yeah, I know we, we can hear it, <laughs> which is why we, uh, we often play better away from home. But like, everyone's paid their money. Everyone's entitled to their opinion, I guess. Um, yeah. But like it, it, it's not good because it does bring a negative vibe, doesn't it? And yeah. I think, like you say, once once everyone understands what's going on and just get behind them, I think, you know, I think it's also a, a case of when we get a few more players that are more comfortable on the ball and and better at uh, taking a man on one on one, and you know, I think things will, I think things will gradually improve. But it takes time. It takes time to embed this way of playing in, and you know, I think we've just got to be patient. Yeah, completely. You know, I compare it. I went to the two Crystal Palace games this year. So we went to Selhurst Park earlier under Steven Gerrard, and we lost three one. And then I went to the one 0 win at Villa Park. And in both games, the contrast was, you know, um, Villa were much more patient at Villa Park on the ball yeah. under Unai Emery, whereas before against Crystal Palace, like uh, uh, when we lost three one. My God, I thought we were in a relegation fight at that point because we were so poor. So it does it does show, you know, that how how much Emery's improved the team and the style of play now is it's working. I mean, the results are there, aren't they? Really? Yeah, I mean, the, the results speak for themselves, don't they? It's not pretty to watch um, at this moment, but I'm sure it will be at some point. Uh, and yeah. you talk to Arsenal fans, and and they they get it. You know, it's it's that possession and and not losing the ball, which isn't that exciting initially mm. to watch but then if you're getting results and and you know and like I say when you bring more more quality players in around everyone so everyone's comfortable on the ball and, and you start playing um re really really good football I think I think it'll I think it'll work yeah I think uh when we think about the squad and where it could potentially improve and where Villa might actually go big on the you know the transfer fees I mean Gwendouzi somebody that it seems to be a bit of a link that won't go away um, yeah. but is there anywhere in the squad that you would you think Villa could improve or where you'd like to see us spend a bit of money to get a bit better? Yeah, um, absolutely. I think um, I think our wingers are are, um, are under pressure to perform at the moment. Hmm. It's not happening for Leon Bailey. Um, I, I'm sure there's a, there's a brilliant player in there at, at some point and he's our, he's our biggest threat in terms of speed at the moment. So if we can just get him taking a man on and, and, and getting the crosses in, which he does sometimes, it's just the consistency. So I guess if we can get him playing consistent and we also need backup for him as well don't we yeah. I also think we need a, a another striker I mean Duran's not not proven really yeah. I mean it's two two I wouldn't call them clear-cut chances but they you know he needs to be finishing them off I mean as does Ollie Watkins he missed a great eat the you know the ball straight at the keeper for that second chance he had but I mean, you can't take anything away from Ollie Watkins. I think he's absolutely yeah. superb and his work rate and everything about him, I think he's good. If he could just get get some more goals. I mean, he's doing well with goals at the moment, so let's let's judge him at the end of the season. But his one-on-ones with the keeper are sometimes a little bit questionable if you can get him uh, playing more consistently. But look at his movement for the goal. I thought it was yeah. superb. Brilliant ball in from uh, Alex Moreno. Superb cross that was. And and if you watch Ollie, he just ghosts him. He makes his run and then ghosts in behind the defender and hits it into the ground so the keeper's got no chance. Mm. But I think um, we need goals from all over the pitch. And yeah. we need, if if it were me, I'd, I'd be saying to to 
uh, Tyrone and Conzo like getting off in them corners. I need I need need you to be working on finishing and you know all the all the good teams that have won championships and and stuff that they, they all get goals from all over the pitch. It's never always up to the strikers or the midfielders. It's you know all over the pitch. Um, but yeah, in terms of players, I think we need someone uh, some backup for Kamara because. Like he he seems like he's been the missing link for us at the moment. Yeah, I mean, God, he's just a superb, so good, superb asset, um, brilliant, and allows Dougie and John McGinn to get forward more. So back up for him, uh, I think. Um, it, it depends what what's going to happen with Ashley Young. I love having him in the squad. I thought he was great that clearance he made or or that tackle he put in when uh, when he came on. Mm. Um, but his days, you know, he can't play forever. It can't all be left to Matty Cash, so we probably need backup for him. Um, yeah. And yeah, we need to we need to just strengthen a bit in midfield, and and we need another goal scorer. But how can you play? You can't play everyone. Everyone's going to be knocking on the doors looking for, <laughs> for game time, and you know you've just got to maybe become a rotating squad and and give everyone a chance, I guess. Yeah, and we're kind of seeing that rotation at the moment in Moreno and Luca Dean. It feels like both yeah. of them seem to interchange who starts, and they both of them only play sort of sixty minutes. And I wonder if Emery would prefer, would like to have that in more positions on the pitch, um, and yeah. some players just get used to that sort of a thing. Um, but you mentioned Ollie Watkins, you know, six goals in seven. Yeah, as far as I can tell, I think his all-round improvement, his hold at play, not just his goal scoring, his yeah. hold at play, is so it's, it feels like it's so much better than Emery. Superb, I. I always thought he was good at his hold-up play um, because he does run those channels. So you'd get yeah. exposed, really, if you if you weren't good at it. So I thought he was always good at that. But I think you're right. Yes, he has improved, and I know he's been working on his finishing as well. Hmm. So it's no it's no coincidence that he's that he's scored. He's gone on this run of uh, scoring, and like I say, on on yesterday he took his goal uh, superbly. We just need to see him really to take in take in the rest of the chances, but. You know, when you look at Sammy Abraham, when when uh, you know he 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 had like fifty chances and score twenty five. You know, he was, but he was, you know, he'd always get a goal, but he had a lot of chances as well, didn't he? So, you know, if if we can get him popping a few more in, I think I think we'd be in a great position if we can hold on to him. I think. Yeah, and England call up. Do you reckon that's far away for him now? Or I hope so. I hope so. If he can continue this run of games, I think he's uh he's he's in a good spot. Yeah, and I, I hope we can hold on to Emmy Martinez as well. I mean, he's, yeah. he's rapidly becoming uh, another favourite of mine. Um, yeah. I think he's uh, a couple of saves. Like every game, he 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 seems to keep us in the game in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, you know, he just stands up and and does his thing. You're you're, you're right about Martinez. In the World Cup final, um, in the penalty shootout, obviously with the antics. Obviously, I was supporting Argentina because I was like, "Well, Emmy Martinez plays yeah, Argentina." Yeah. And when he made the saves, um, I went what ballistic. But obviously, the rest of the pub really wanted him not to win. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Everyone just started silence. I'm up there, like running around the pub as if I'm from Buenos Aires myself. You know, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. I, there's just something about Martinez which he has a kind of. I know it winds people up sometimes, but when he when a player like that plays for your team, you can't not love him, really. Nah, he's great, and his 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 banter with the opposing fans and everything is is just really good. Was it um was it Cornet that was offside and he had the one on one and he yeah. just stood up calm as you like. God knows where the lino was at that point, and uh, yeah. you know that's an issue. I think we should we should talk about you know the 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 linos um, flagging up really late. 
Mm. I think uh, there's there's been a few pundits that are highlighting this now, and it's I think it's dangerous on the players. You know, if someone's puts in a last ditch tackle and stuff, and you know, if you watch the replay, the the linesman he was nowhere near the line. He was he was yeah. way back. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, Emmy Martinez stand, standing up uh, under the, under those under that pressure. I think, and he, he just made the save. I think he's, I think he's really good. I think he's yeah, great. He's, he's great. And um, you know, with, with Unai Emery and the improvement we've seen, and considering the fact that this is a manager who's won four Europa League trophies, was in a Champions League final very recently with Villarreal. Mm-hmm. Where do you realistically think or hope that Villa can get under him within the next year or two? Well, I think. Um, we, we, we're pretty much safe now, aren't we? We've consolidated our place. We can't seem to get out of that eleventh spot, no matter what we do. <laughs> Even if we'd have won yesterday, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have gone to tenth. Yeah. Um, so top half finish definitely the uh, the aim uh, for now. We're, we're in no way, shape, or form ready for Europe, and I, I think it's unrealistic to just expect that anyway. Um, but I would be expecting um, uh, to, to make Europe by the end of next season. I think I think that that should be the target. And if we're going to keep good players and attract good players, I think I think that needs to be the aim, really. Yeah, it does feel a little bit like the momentum we're in at the moment. Um, we're sort of quietly doing it. I wouldn't say like the the, the whole sort of media kind of is, punditry is too fully aware of it yet, but it sort of feels a little bit like Newcastle this time last year. And, you know, there was a bit of a positive momentum building there. Good manager, good coaching. Uh, it's a good investment. And then, you know, a year later, they're pushing for Europe. So you kind of hope that we probably have the ingredients to 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 finally make not not just get into the top half of the Premier League again after more than a decade, but maybe even get towards Europe itself, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. I think um I think you're dead right. And I think if you look at Newcastle, I mean they 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 did things the right way. Let's get everyone playing, get a couple of players in to 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 strengthen the squad, build from the back. Let's let's identify a way of playing and make us difficult to beat. And then start attracting players in uh, that mm. way. Do you know what I mean? Show that you can do it without spending billions uh, initially, and and just just become a good team that's difficult to beat. Yeah, you know, uh, it's a results business, isn't it? So if you if you're getting results, and people, you want people to come to Villa Park, right? These guys are they're going to be difficult to beat. How are we going to do this? You know, that's what you want before you even attract before you start getting big players in. But I think you know it, it. It's a good comparison. I think we'll spend a few bob in the summer. You'd hope, yeah. and then yeah. with, with players going out, you'd hope that the net spend isn't 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 massive. And but but we'll have we'll have some real quality in the squad and real competition for places. Yeah, and as you mentioned, you know it does kind of feel a little bit like Villa Park's been a bit of a, I wouldn't say an easy touch, but a, a place that opposition teams don't mind coming to. There's a few of them who've had good records there in recent years. So you want it to just, you want Villa Park to become that place that they're like, oh, don't yeah. fancy going there, you know? Um, Absolutely. It needs to be intimidating, rough, raw. It needs to be a tough place to go for an opposing team. Yeah. And, and no doubt, we, we are like that sometimes. We can we can be that. So I, I think, you know, get the crowd beyond the players, get everyone get everyone consolidated. Like I say, some more players in the summer and I think I think we could be going places. God, it's an exciting time considering the, the horrible decade we just had, you know, when Lerner left and all that stuff. So it's it's just uh, it's just nice to have this kind of level of positivity again amongst the Villa fan base. Um, but I, I will ask you a couple of Villa more Villa questions in in, in a yep. moment. But um, you know, you're a, you're a very successful actor. Um, you know, what are you up to at the moment in your career? 
Well, we've just finished um, shooting on a, a drama for ITV called Three Little Birds. It's um, written and starring, um, written by and starring Lenny Henry. Nice. Um, it's set in the in the fifties about three Jamaican uh, girls that come over to England for a better life, um, based on a, a lot of Windrush kind of stories that his mum used to tell him when he when he was little growing up, and he thought it was very important to tell. And it is. It is very important. Um, and you know they 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 were met with a lot of intimidation when they came over, and you know no blacks, no dogs, no Irish, all those kind of kind of vibes, um, which mm. resonate really highly with me. With my parents being Irish, and they were immigrants coming over in the fifties. Mm. So I heard those stories as well. My dad used to tell me he was looking for digs, and uh, in in the papers in the evening mail, it used to say no blacks, no dogs, no Irish, and you know, so so it's a very real truths in there. Um, and it was a great, it's a great, great script. When I, when I was asked to do it, I had a, you know, I read all the scripts, and it's a six-part drama, and I'm in four of them. Brilliant. So I play a, a factory foreman, and I give them all a, a job, and you know, it's it's how they settle in and integrate into the community when they first get there. You know, they have to they drink in the, a, a pub where there's only black people, and you know, there's lots of terminology like you people and you lot, mm. and, you know keep to yourselves, see yourselves and all this kind of stuff. Um, and, and they settle into the community and integrate. And it's, uh, it's, it's a lovely story actually. And it's a, uh, it's a great part, um, a, a great thing to be a part of. I don't think so till the end of, uh, or towards the autumn, actually, I think September. Um, I was hoping it would get sooner there, but we, we didn't get it finished in time um, to get an earlier slot. So mm-hmm. um, I think it's going to be out in September on ITV, three little birds. It's yeah, cool. Bro- Brilliant. Yeah. That's, that sounds great. And, uh, you know, Lenny Henry been a local Midland legend as well, uh, yeah. really. What was it like to work with, work with him? Oh, he's amazing. Really funny. Always cracking jokes, as <laughs> you'd expect. Yeah. Um, just a really, really lovely energy uh, to be around. Um, yeah, lots of stories, lots of anecdotes. You know, he's, he's been in the business for, for quite some time and, you know, being local, uh, local lad as well. You know, we, we had lots in common. Um and we could exchange stories about areas in Birmingham. Like we shot the whole thing in the Midlands as well, parts of Dudley and Birmingham and West Bromwich and and you know places that I know really well and that I used to I used to knock about in. So yeah, he was great. You know, honestly, he was really really good, really good guy. Um, and and yeah, really talented to to write something like that. There's also uh, Russell T Davis uh, is exec producing on it. Um, don't oh, know yeah. if you know, produced um, wrote on Doctor Who and yeah in and stuff like that a uh, huge deal lovely chap as well so and the crew the cast and the crew um were all amazing it's it's um like they got a really really good team together and and it's great to work on something like that because you know every time everyone's like a, a, a like a, a really big deal at what they do in their separate departments and you know that it's they're also really lovely as well so it just it just makes it a real pleasure to be part of that sounds a show that I absolutely will be checking out. I'm I'm very excited to hearing about that because I wasn't wasn't aware before this. So that's I'm really really excited to hear see that. Um, but obviously, you know, you you're currently best known for playing uh, Ian Buckles in Line oh, of Duty. Yeah. Um, what was it like to be part of something that you know some people will be watching this who maybe are from outside of the UK, but Line of Duty at the time was an absolute phenomenon. Um, when it was out. And so what was it like to be part of something that was just such a cultural event, really? Well, it was amazing, but um, I auditioned for that back in uh, 2010. Wow. So 
it, it, that that was the first, you know, that that was that was the first series. Well, 2011, 2010 to 2011, and the first series was um, filmed in Birmingham in the uh, opposite the library in the old Lloyd's Bank. Mm. Um, they built a station inside there from scratch. Um, <laughs> so when I when I first got the script, I, I thought it was it was you know you get scripts and you you know you you look at them and you get asked to audition and stuff and sometimes the scripts are better than others sometimes and you get used to you read that many that you 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 learn to know what you like and you learn to get what's what's good and and what's what's not so good and when i read this one i was blown away by it the first i think the first scene grabbed me right when arnott's uh in in that in that bus stop and uh, they think the uh, suicide bomber and they get the number of the house wrong. And it turns out to be uh, a dad wearing a baby Bjorn with a baby on it. Uh, you know, it's, um, I just thought it was, it was amazing. And and the part that I was reading for buckles, the, the, the lines just seemed to run off the tongue and it, it, it was just, you just sometimes know that, that this, this is one that, that you're right for. Because sometimes you get asked to, to audition for parts that you think, well, I'm not, I'm not, hundred percent right for that. And you know, I'm sure there's a better person that, that could do this, but I'll tape anyway and I'll 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 give it my my all. Mm. Uh so I said to my wife, I said, come on, have a look at this. It's this this is wicked. And she was like, Oh my God, you, you gotta get this, haven't you? Mm. So um so yeah we we got it and then you know there was series two. I, I got the part. I went up uh, to Birmingham and auditioned for it and uh, and I got and, and then they wanted to see me again. So I, I auditioned again and they, they really liked me and which was great. And then season two came along and I wasn't involved. So I was gutted. I thought, you know, that's it. And then season three, um, when they had that big storyline with the caddy and the big shootout, um, mm. and I thought, okay, that's it. And then out of the blue, um, they got me back in series four. Um, and then there was series five. So I thought I, w- I was done again. But then, you know, got availability checks for series six. Mm. And it's just become this this Rolf snowball rolling phenomenon that is that is you know everyone knew about i mean i think it was 17 and a half million viewers for the last episode which is mind-blowing isn't it my absolutely mind-blowing i was thinking the yeah. other day now i wonder what the total is from people that have included those and now people that have that have um you know come late to the party you know it must be well over 20 million people that, that, yeah. have, that have watched it but it like i say that was that was another amazing thing to be part of um one of the best scripts I've ever um ever worked on and something that I'm that I'm immensely proud of. It was high level, high quality TV that um Yeah. I was I was just thinking with actors when you when you see that great script, it, it must be so rare that you come across something that that great, I'd imagine. Um but you know you also managed to get well there were Aston Villa references in line of duty. Caribou <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> suits. Uh-huh. Uh, Holton Holdings, you know, how did how did that all come about? Um they so the writer Jed is yeah. from Tamworth, um, but he'd be a loose villa fan. Uh he, he wouldn't be as crazy as us, but he'd um he he he'd loosely support Villa and uh those were little treats that you get. Well, so uh, the costume I got on really well with the costume department and um when we were getting, you know, you get fitted for your costumes and stuff, and they say about this, and I'd, I'd be like, "Oh, what about that uh, that claret shirt there?" And oh, I've got a tie there. You know, what about that tie? And they go, "Yeah, not making the connection, but I'm making all the connections." Mm. Um, and what else was there? There was um, there was all sorts of stuff actually. There was um, 
little there was little villa references in there in the script <laughs> and then there was the Holton Holdings thing. Yeah, yeah. So when when Jed had wrote that, I I I contacted him. I said, mate, and he said, Oh, did you like that? Did you? <laughs> said, absolutely, uh, absolutely brilliant. So yeah, it was um it was it was lovely, really. And of course, Vicky's a Notts County fan, so there were some Notts County references in there for her. Right. And um, I mean, you'd have to be really eagle-eyed to notice this, but Jed's not only a, a screenwriter, he's he's written novels and children's books and stuff. Uh, he, I mean, he's had an, a, an amazing life. He was um, a medic in the in the RAF, I think. He was a he was a pilot, um, uh, and then he worked in uh, he was a medic in a hospital. You know, he's he's a, an immensely clever man, and and has has you know done a variety of work in his career. But in season one, he he I don't know if you you remember Lenny James's character. He's reading a story to his uh, to <clears throat> his children before they go to sleep, and it's one of Jed's books. Oh, <laughs> right, yeah. books. Oh. And there's lots lots of stuff like that. In obviously, we were filming during lockdown, so um, we all had to wear masks. So I had the villa, the latest villa mask, <laughs> you know, and yeah. stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it was it was. Um, it was good fun and and great to get little personal um, things like that in. Yeah, I, I was making the case that no, no villainous uh, policeman would ever support Aston Villa because all Aston Villa fans are totally morally upstanding, well-behaving members of the of the public. Villains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but yeah. Um, well, Nigel, you know, just uh, it's great to hear about your acting career and how well it's going and how well it's already gone as well. But um, just a couple more questions on Villa just before we go in a midweek. So I'd like to ask a couple of these sorts of questions. So just on a slightly different tack, um, you know, I always like to know, but how, how did you end up, you know, you're, you're a huge Aston Villa fan, but how did you end up supporting the Villa in the first place? Uh, well, that's simple. Um, I'm the youngest of six children, uh, parents, not, not really a footballing family, um, but my two brothers were actually Birmingham City supporters. Right. Um, and I guess it's from um, my parents ran pubs, so we used to move around the city. Uh, not 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 too often, but you know, sometimes my dad would take over a new pub and and stuff. So I was born in Moseley, um, grew up in first Quinton, and then we moved to Bartley Green, which are both arguably quite blue nose territories. I would have thought quite mixed. Yeah. Well, I, I would put South Birmingham to a, a heavy. Uh, sway to Birmingham yeah um, city and then my dad took over uh, an Irish club in uh, Perry Bar uh, it's not there anymore it's called St Teresa's um, okay. big, big hub for the Irish community uh, and that was by I don't know if you know the 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 island at the bottom of Wellington Road top of Aston Lane it's by the one-stop shopping centre by the, the university mm-hmm. um, so we were literally a stone's throw from well you know a mile from uh, Villa Park and I was only eight, nine at the time. And a lot of kids were, were all Villa and that. So I started going down and, um, one of my dad's friends, um, his daughter used to work in the ticket office. And, um, so, so it was, it was easy to purchase tickets and we, you know, he started treating me and we, we would go down. This is my dad's friend. And, um, yeah, I became, then I started going down on my own, uh, Mm. with, with some friends and stuff and, you know, getting down the whole, early doors, get your plot up, get your program, smoking, maybe trying to <laughs> trying to get a few beers underage and stuff. Um, I, mean, I don't know if you remember back in them days, you used to get there, down to the halt for like half one. Like, so you'd get the, the place in the left side where you wanted mm. to be. 
and it was great. I just loved it. And I've seen some, some amazing days down there and some, some heroes like Paul McGrath and, yeah. you know, uh, Dwight York and all through the nineties. Um, I was watching Villa and, you know, went to Wembley, see us with the Coca-Cola cup. Yeah. Um, under Ron Atkinson, big Ron, his famous speech in front of the Holt as well. I lost my certificate actually, which was the last, um, the last before it went all seating, and we all got a certificate on on the way in. No right, right. So that yeah, yeah, that was uh, right. the very last game in the terraces, and right. big Ron came out and did a big speech, and <laughs> um, yeah, it was amazing. So yeah, that's how I became a Villa fan. Then um, went to uni, then then drama school and uh moved to london and so i've been in london 20 years now 21 years but luckily i'd i'd uh i maintained my season ticket so i've always kept hold of my season ticket in the hole yeah. and um i'd be on the train coming up and i i met some met lots of uh london villa uh lads you could hear the accents and you know yeah. so now now some of them are my closest friends and we all travel up together travel to away games together like yesterday at west ham we're all um, we're all together, and it's you know it's just a wonderful thing. I think there's a lot of villa scattered around the country. I mean, you can see yeah. by all the um, supporters clubs, we're a we're a massive club uh, that, are, yeah. that are worldwide. You know, um, yeah, and long continue, long may it continue. Let let's uh, can't remember when the work's due to start on the new stand. Is it next the after yeah. next season, is it? I want to say 24, I wanted to say. I think yeah, it I, was. Think it, yeah. I think it might be, but I think when that happens and, you know, I think the next few years are going to be so exciting for Villa. It's going to yeah. be such a good time to be a Villa fan. Yeah. Uh, and let's hope we just we just achieve and, and not underachieve like we have done in the past and uh, and just get some silverware and get some recognition as, as, as the biggest club in the Midlands, which we are. You know? Yeah. I think you're right about the fan base as well. It being as global as it is, that's what I found through his podcast. I just can't believe the places people listen to it. And, yeah, it's huge. You know, and we need to. I think we need to capitalise on that. We really need to push the boat out and and get um, get get you know get really global. Move into yeah. China, Asia, and 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 you know I think there's no there's absolutely no coincidence that that bringing um, players in from from those kind of territories and and you know. Um, like like using it and marketing it and we, we need to be be like a more of a business like that mm. and i think you know so what you want about christian perslow but I, I think that's 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 what he wants and that's yeah. his vision with the owners and i think you know it's a good way to be it's it's, it's good a, a good strategy for for going forward yeah and uh you know what just two more like you you know you talked a few nice memories there including what one that was my favorite memory going to the coca-cola cup final 94 yeah, being united through one do you have a favourite memory at all? Um, of um, what a trophy or just a game or sporting the villa, I guess at any any kind of point. All the Blues games. Um, uh, yeah. Tried to get a five-one uh, was great. Um, God, uh, yeah. Uh, Jack Grealish scoring the winner after getting clucked by one of the fans. <laughs> just... Yeah, just special and bringing that away. Um, you know. I've got friends that will they'll say they'll never go to St Andrews again, but I I just loved loved it and and cause, because the stakes are so high, yeah. things can go wrong in a derby. Anything can happen in a derby, but we just play, you know, the, the last few years we've just mullered them. I think um, Gary Cale's overhead kick yeah. in front of the Holt. Do you remember that? Yeah, that's one of my favourite goals. Um, it was just out of nowhere as well, wasn't it? It was like. Oh. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> well, he actually played as a striker as a as a youth. Did you know that? Yeah, he, I, didn't, I didn't know. Yeah, he was actually a forward um, in his early career. So you know, he, he didn't mind getting forward, and you know, he could he could uh, he could hit them. I think John McGinn's uh, volley was it Sheffield uh, United against Sheffield United. Yeah, where, Sheffield Wednesday, yeah. Wednesday, Sheffield yeah. Wednesday. Sorry, the the, yeah. the the keeper cleared or someone cleared the ball, and he's just volleyed it, and he's hit the underside of the post. So many memories. Um, I've been to Wembley so many times as well as, as you know, it almost felt like a second home at, at one point. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, but I think the best one, the, the one that sticks in my mind is beating Liverpool 2-1 um, yeah. in the cup. That that was just brilliant to to do that and see Jack in his in his pump uh, for Villa. Mm. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, the Coca-Cola Cup, that was, that was quite special. I was, I was really young then. I was only about, 13, 14, I think, yeah. 15 maybe, um, when I went to that. But we just need some silverware. We just need to, we need to, you know, it's been so long now. It's been ridiculously long since we've won anything. And yeah. it was such a disappointment to go out to Stevenage. Yeah. In, in the manner that we did, it was almost unforgivable. And I think, and, and here's the thing, when you said um, strengthening positions, we, we, we desperately need another keeper. Um, mm. Because I, I don't think... Um, Olsen is is good enough for for that number two, yeah. Uh, keeper keeper role, and we've got to be careful because if we do lose Martinez, then you know who we're going to get to replace him. Who's going to be available? Because I think I actually got berated in the pub the other day for saying I think uh, Martinez is the best in the world. <laughs> Some guy said he's not even in the top ten. Oh, he is. He oh, is. Oh, he bloody is. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm like, well, okay, but yeah, we need to strengthen in that department because if you look at you look at all teams. If you, if you you start from the back, I think it's so shrewd to do that. Get get your keeper right, then get your centre halves right, and your full backs, and then build. Get your, you know, be hard to score against before you can, you know, uh, be, before you can think about getting as many goals as you can. I think mm. build from the back, and we we really need to really need to think about what we're going to do with that keeper situation. I don't know what Jed Steers is he is he injured or is he. Um, something. Yeah, I, I find that a bit mysterious as well that he never really seems to feature. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and I also don't know why we've got two keepers on the bench. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I think he answered that question in an article saying, "Well, they use three keepers in the warm up, so hmm. thinks he's got enough, you know, in the for the outfield players." But yeah, I mean, sometimes if you look at our bench, it's, it doesn't doesn't scream positivity, does it? So no. no. Yeah, I think uh, I think a new keeper, and I think, it, like I say, I think it's going to be a huge summer. I think it really will be. And uh, we've, hopefully, we've got many more great players to come this summer. Uh, come join Villa and give us many many memories. But yeah, as a final question, do you have a favourite all time player from all the years of supporting Aston Villa? Paul McGrath. Yes, Paul McGrath. Um, yeah, he yeah. was he was Villa. He was Irish uh, <laughs> centre half. That was my position. I've never put myself in the same bracket, you know, but um uh, I just uh, I I and there's not enough there's not enough done for him. Like, you know, no one's put together a, like a there should be a DVD of, you know, uh Paul McGrath's greatest ever tackles and yeah. you know, greatest ever back heels and, and stuff like that. But, you know Jack Grealish was was rapidly becoming my my next best uh my or my next favourite player. Um it was just sad to see him go. But I've no doubt he'll be back at some point. But like Paul McGrath is just something special, I think. Yeah, I've got. Like I've got to, 
Yeah, I, I'm pretty similar. I'm the same as you, actually. I'm an Irish uh, family. And so in the early 90s, when Villa had a very heavy Irish contingent, Ray Halton and Paul McGrath, Stevie Staunton, a um, couple more, I think. And uh, for me, Paul McGrath was just, again, I went to a school that was very heavily Irish influenced. So we were all just like, we love Paul McGrath because he's not only is he, you know, Irish Villa, but also he's such an amazing football player. And I think in a way, almost a little bit ahead of his time, he was a, an absolutely fantastic player. And But I think I think for me, as I was sort of getting older, it was probably Dwight York. And I think York left in 99 when I was about 12. Mm. And I remember I was so devastated. My mum had to take me to go get a Happy Meal from McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I remember like, it was about 10 years later, I don't know, like when I was a bit older. And then obviously I had my first relationship breakup. And I was like, what is this sad feeling? I was like, this is what it felt like when Dwight York left. So yeah. that was yeah. my first experience of what like a breakup probably felt like. But yeah, I had to, I had to have a happy meal there. Is that your remedy now when anything negative or adverse happens, you get a happy meal? Yeah, it happens a lot when Villa lose. So, you, <laughs> yeah. You do need to uh, to pick yourself up a lot after Villa, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, Paul McGrath. I think he was. He was just. He was. He was just something special. I mean, there's been. There's been a lot. Emmy Martinez is is high up yeah. there. You know, he's my current one. I think amazing. And you know, there's been some great players that have come through our club. Really good players. And yeah. I want us to become a club that that holds on to people like this. You know, I know you can only do it for so long if you're not playing. You know, top level football. But there's got to come a point where where we put a stop to that. And I think, mm. you know, under Unai Emery, I think I think he's the chap to, to do that. We can hold on to him. I'd love to see Unai Emery here for 10 years plus. Yeah. I'd love him to be another uh, Arsene Wenger. And I think I think he will be. I think he's 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 different level, that yeah. guy. I think he's I think he's gonna be good. Totally. I think we've been starved of managers of that quality for a long time at Villa. So it's just he just has an aura. It's it's great to see. It came um, out of the blue. It totally came out of the blue. Yeah, same. I was like, what? Oh my god. Like yeah. I mean, Actually, being seriously linked with Unai Emery, and then he got the job. I was like, "Wow, this is," um, you know. And when Gerard got the job, I've got to be honest. I didn't think I didn't think he was ready for it. I was like, "He's not proven in in the mm. Premiership." I, I know what he's done at Rangers, and that's great. But um, out of the list of candidates, the possible candidates, he he was my favourite. But even then, it was for me, it was it was he was the best of a bad bunch or a yeah. an unqualified bunch, I think, for where we want to be. Yeah. So to get someone like Unai Emery, and I think he's like they've, they've you know they've, they've they've worked worked miracles there. I think. Yeah, as you say, I was just, I was stunned when I saw him turn up and yeah. in in a but good then, way. Like you know, maybe I'm doing the club a disservice. Like, you, why wouldn't you want to come to Villa? Why yeah. wouldn't you want to come and 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 manage? Such a such a, a club with a beautiful ground and such a great history and stuff and and make it a project you know and all the potential as well all the potential um, yeah exactly there's money there to be spent there's there's players there we're nearly there we're getting there so you know it's it's why wouldn't you want to come yeah and uh, you know Nigel uh, before we go um, where can people find you online if they want to follow you and get your thoughts on Villa and oh yeah doing um, your career I'm uh, I'm on Twitter Villa at Villa Boise. It's my uh, my nickname was Boise growing up, um, so yeah, Villa Boise or uh, Nigel Boyle official um, on Instagram. Um, I'm not great at social media, but I'm, my my manager's trying to get me to get better at it. So, um, so yeah, uh, I, I'm I'm debating doing TikTok as well, but I'm not 100 percent there yet. Um, so I, I don't really understand it yet, but I'm I'm sure 
maybe I'll get some help. But yeah, Villa Boise on Twitter or Nigel Boyle Official on, on Insta. Well, it's great to have you on, Nigel, and uh, up the Villa. Cheers, yeah, cheers, mate. Up the Villa. Take care. That was the Midweek Social on All Villa, No Filler with our guest this week, Nigel Boyle.